What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 331. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. Hey, bud. Hey, how are you doing, man? You feeling a little week. more settled in your place? I'm feeling better. It's been a rough week, though. I mean, some sad news this week and hard to, yeah. hard to, hard to focus. Yeah, our uh, industry uh, friend, colleague, uh, Jordan Casteller, uh, uh, passed away. Uh, last week, and uh, it was a shock, obviously, to everyone. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this is hard to get any words together for it. <clears throat> I know Jordan was a great guy. I mean, I've known him, I think, as long as I've been going to conferences. He was young, too, 35 years old, but he's made a huge impact on this industry. And I think his passing has made yet another huge impact on this history because there's so many people that are outpouring of sympathy, outpouring of, of support. There's a GoFundMe page for his family. Um, the goal is $25,000. I know they surpassed 20,000 in one day from people in our industry. Um, and there's some groups been set up, some support groups to make sure that if anybody in the industry is, is dealing with depression or stress, um, that they have people to reach out to and contact. Um, it's been a rough week, but there's been some good come out of it as well. Yeah. 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 It, none of it makes sense, but um, I, I'm glad there is some good that's come of it. And uh, well, we're going to miss him. Yeah, he was yeah. always smiling, brilliant guy, uh, just a really good part of our industry. So there's a gap now for sure. Yeah, and if, if, you, if you're listening to the show and you need any kind of support because you're going through depression or anything like that, on Facebook, there's a new group called uh, SEO Buddies. 
Um, it's a support group now. It was a private group when it first started, but they changed it to a support group. So go in there. A lot of people have been offering to help. So feel free to, to, to look us up. Oh, it's no longer private? I don't believe it is. It's a, it's, I think she changed Hopefully it to a support only. group. We put a lot of personal info out there. Yeah, there's a lot of personal info, and I'm, I'm sure it's mem- members only. You have to request to be in there, but it's listed as a support group. It's called SEO Buddies. Uh, well, um, yeah, there's not much to say. It's just a sad time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eric Ward this year, or and then Jordan Casteller, and uh, there's been other couple close calls. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's, uh, let's get to some more positive news here. Uh, there has been an update to the Google search quality rater guidelines. Um, it was actually, uh, well, why don't you tell the story? You were the one that did most of the yeah. on this. It was, it was a little bouncing around for a while. So they published it, and then the next day it was gone, um, and then it got put back again. So a lot of people were like, what did they do? So we know people that downloaded it when it first came up. I'm absolutely sure somebody's going to download the new version, if it is a new version, and compare the two to see what they changed. But they did do some pretty good analysis the first time it was up. Um, uh, Jennifer Snake from the SEM Post always does a good good job of analyzing these things and digging through them. And she, she's she got a huge, huge post on this. Um, but I took took some of her initial observations and one of her takeaways from the end. And there's just no way we have time to go through the entire thing on the show. Um, but uh, two big things that she really talked about in this analysis is they're really focusing on... Um, it used to be just website reputation, but now they've expanded it to be a website reputation of the website or creator of the main content. Um, in, in, their rep- in their reputation research section, they changed it to um, reputation of the website and or the, the website creator of the main content. So they're not just looking at the like what your backlink profile would be for reputation. Now they're actually the, the guy. The raters themselves are looking at the people who write the content. It kind of reminds me of uh, authorship a little bit, you know, trying to decide who wrote what and what their reputation is as part of an algorithm. Now, they're, so they're having the quality raters do it. So, what do you think about the idea that authorship might be on its way back, Ross? <laughs> well, maybe this is just a clue that it never really went away; it just went to a different place. That's um, true too. And we always kind of wondered um, whether or not it was just in the background. They said it wasn't, but the fact that they're stating that you know, authorship is so important um, is, is is interesting. Or maybe they just came full circle and realized, well, I guess we're going to have to do this. And uh, I mean, you've got to think that they won't want them to, well, maybe they will, but they won't want them just to research an author every time. You should, you'd think there'd be a database or something. Yeah, or notes or, or reference material. They, they do have the ability to do that, I'm pretty sure. I wonder, I wonder if they use Bing to check up on the author's profiles. No. They could, they, they could, or, or maybe Badoo. <laughs> or Yandex. There we go. Yeah, yeah, the Yandex. Uh, uh, Baidu is are, China. Yandex is yeah. Russia. Yeah, because... yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but I thought that was interesting. from last year. Um, that's one of the ones, uh, the low quality section was expanded, uh, include reputation as well. Um, 
They've also added the concept of beneficial purpose to the guidelines. So does the content have a beneficial purpose? What would the visitor to the site gain? Which is really interesting because, you know, I've always thought the, the, the quality raters are kind of gathering human intelligence to apply to an algorithm, right? That's kind of how I always saw this group working. Yeah. They would, they, and how are they going to take benefit, beneficial purpose, and apply that to an algorithm? That has me really interested, actually. I can see how the, the, the quality, quality raters could do that because they're human and they could actually decide if this has a benefit or not. How's the algorithm going to do that? It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be very difficult. You know, give it a few more years. It's already pretty tough, tough, but to understand how any of this algorithmic stuff works, I mean, we can guess certain things now, but mm-hmm. it's gonna be, well, again, maybe it already is, and we're just stupid. But <laughs> maybe it'll be so convoluted. There'll be so many levels and layers that well, we're just going to have to do our best with what we know and and right. Yeah, yeah the, the other more tactical thing that she points out in the beginning before she really breaks into the details is there's a new emphasis on page titles, uh, specifically targeting clickbait style titles, um, sensationalized tabloids style, um, the kind of stuff you use basically to get people to click that aren't really reflective of what the actual page is. Um, There was a bigger emphasis on that in these guidelines. So that, that lends me to think that, you know, a lot of the stuff around clickbait and fake news and that kind of stuff is making its way into not only the, the, the guidelines, but eventually the algorithms as well. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, okay. But I highly recommend if you haven't yet, go to the SCM post, uh, look up her article on um, Google search quality rater guidelines and read it. It's, it's long. It'll take you some time, but there's a lot of valuable information in there. Yeah. Just a peek into what Google's thinking, um, at least what they want us to see. Um, (laughs) you post it. (laughs) So, um, but you know, it is, it is in their best interest for us to understand what quality is too, though. Um, sad that we need to know, but (laughs) we do sometimes. Yes, we we do (laughs) for the wider, uh, public anyway. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is interesting. Um, this is a post about, uh, uh, from Barry Schwartz on Search Roundtable, uh, Dr. Pete Myers from Moz posted about this first on Twitter, uh, saying there was a 34% increase in searches or the clicks on what people also ask. So when you do a search, uh, you'll get some results. And then there's people also ask in a box below with different searches as well. Um, sometimes it's at the top, sometimes it's in the middle. It does change places. Yeah, yeah. And apparently uh, 43% of all SERPs in the MozCast uh, data um, shows the feature. So it's actually not clicks on it, pardon me. It's just that there's an increase of it uh, showing up. Yeah, and that was a huge jump in like a single day. And if you look at the the charts in the MozCast charts, it was pretty steady, uh, you know, around just a little bit above 30%, between 30 and, and, you know, since the beginning of last month, thirty and thirty-four percent, and then just like this giant jump into the to the forty forty-three percent. It was it was just like this immediate impact. Someone at Google likes it. Um, it's I I I think it's a great to cert. It's a great uh, keyword tool. I mean, it gives you an idea of what people are truly searching for, and perhaps um, some idea idea of the semantic 
relationships that Google sees? I've been using it a lot in research targeting uh, Google Voice because you know when you think about they're wanting to people ask questions to the to the google voice and these are the kind of questions that google thinks they're asking and, and they haven't told us there's a direct connection between that yet but I, you know there's got to be at least one and one of the great things about people also ask to me is it's infinite right so it starts out with like four or five questions but as soon as you click on one of those questions and it opens up to show you the answer it adds three or four more questions to the bottom related to the one you clicked you click a different one it adds three more three or four more so it keeps adding them based on the, the one you just clicked so there's a ton of information in that people also ask box it's a little hard to get to because it takes some some work but if you put the time in it's it's a good tool to look and understand search behavior right okay good uh cool uh so the next bit here is interesting um we're actually going to have uh Dwayne forrester on soon we have to set up that date but uh Dwayne is uh what is his formal position is it is the Oh shoot! It's a it's a weird one. It's like yext, but yeah, it's yext. It's like vice president of going around talking to people, or <laughs> it's a <laughs> I don't remember. It's it's I don't remember it the exact thing, but it's an interesting one. Um, he's the VP of Industry Insights with Yext. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So Dwayne's going to come on uh, fairly soon in one of our uh, upcoming episodes, but. The reason I bring that up is that Yext, uh, this is an article on Search Engine Land, but Yext integrates local business listings directly into Amazon Alexa. Now, this is important because in the past, they had to go through Yelp to get into there. Um, but now they have a direct port into uh, Alexa. So this means if you use Yext to submit your business, um, I'm not a big proponent of 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 service, but if you do use them, uh, you will get ported into Amazon Alexa. Whether or not that's an extra fee, I have no idea. So does Yex see that, this kind of confused me when I first read it because um, it's like Amazon Alexa is looking at the Yex database, but Yex really its its primary function is to aggregate and push out your local business data to other platforms like Yelp or Google My Business. So I'm wondering, you know, if Yex is actually looking to compete with a Yelp, to compete with those directories now as well, instead of just, you know, aggregating, pushing the data out and consistently across all those platforms. Hmm. Well, who knows? But I mean, I do know that I expect anyway that there's a benefit to not having a third party or a middleman. So now yeah. they can directly to Amazon. That's pretty huge. Yeah, it's definitely something we can ask Dwayne. Yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to find out more about it. But there's uh, there's actually there's actually a, a related piece to that too, it, kind of because it talk it's about um, there's a new structured data for publishers that's that's tied to speakable content. So you can put. Um, schema schema code, structured data around a piece of code and say, this is speakable, which means, again, it's targeting voice search to letting you know this this is the content on the page that you can, you know, use an automated, um, what are they called? Um, computer? No. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I can't remember. The, yeah. <laughs> Those computer things, I'm, I'm, we're going to find a use for them someday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's um, it allows the the the, the what's uh, what is it I'm thinking of the Sorry, uh, wavelength. It's it's the annotated voices. It's the 
there's a there's a name for it the, the actual kind of text-to-speech but that, that's a good description i'm thinking of something different but that'll work for now so it, it enables text-to-speech it, it tells the engines it tells alexa it tells um um google google home you know what parts of the page they can actually convert to voice um electronically mm-hmm. which is really interesting yeah for sure well, they're saying here that there are between 40 and 50 million smart speakers in the U.S. homes today, in U.S. homes today. So that's, and that's, of course, growing quickly. Very uh, quickly. And many homes have more than one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it is going to be a very interesting predicament for, for businesses trying to market in there. We've talked about it before, but it's there's no quick answer. On, on what works and what doesn't, but there are, there certainly is some testing out there. Uh, lots of testing being done. I have no doubt about that, but not a lot of it's revealed yet. So, all right, well, let's uh, take a quick break and we come back. Uh, well, we've got lots more news to share. SEO one Oh one. will be back right after recess. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But... Webmasterradio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So I thought this was kind of cute. Um, I guess you've already done the, the annotations bit, so I'll jump past that. Google to stop supporting public URL submissions. Whoa. <laughs> so people who were going to the submit URL page will no longer find it. Um 
it is now just all wrapped up nicely into Google Search Console. So yes, there technically is something. Um, but to quote them, uh, we continue to welcome your submissions using the usual tool in Search Console and through sitemaps directly, unquote. Just another step in the right direction, really. Yeah, but they actually did put a little bit of limitation on the uh, fetch URL tool in Search Console. I think, unless they removed it, because I, I didn't see it last time I was in there, but they gave you like a certain number of fetches you could do per day or week or something. Um, some people were just slamming that tool with just trying to get their pages crawled uh, for no other reason. <laughs> I'm shocked. But, you know, yeah. there's an advantage. I'm surprised anyone took it. Wow. Yeah. But you know, you know, you tell people, Ross, I'm sure you know the best way to get your pages indexed. <laughs> yeah, get it found naturally. Exactly. Get people to link to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you have to use a submission tool or you have to use sitemaps, uh, then, you know, it's not high-performing content. And it's not likely to get as much if, interest. Yeah, if you have to use it to submit your get your page indexed, uh, you can. Yes, that, that tool has a, that tool has a bunch of great uses. I had a tool. I had just just this week. I had a page on the client's site that um, they 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 actually changed domains, and the old version of the page and the new version of the page. You know, the old version of the page three hundred one directed to the new version of the page like it was supposed to. Google decided that the new site. Um, its actual canonical URL was the old version of the page, which was 301 directing, 301 redirecting. The, the new version did not have a canonical tag. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Google has a canonical version for, of a page for every single page in its index, whether you're using a canonical tag or not. Well, we were able through the new, the new version of the Search Console, you, there's a thing that will let you look at individual pages. And you can look at that individual page, and it showed us that it had picked the canonical version of the page to put in the index, not that page. Well, the canonical was the old domain. You go to the old domain, you do the same thing, and it said, this page was blocked by robots.txt even though it wasn't right so so they had really screwed up the way this individual page was supposed to be indexed went in fetched both of them with in search console with fetch to get them re-indexed within 24 hours they were both doing exactly what they were supposed to do excellent so, so it works if you need it to do things like that but it's not really supposed to be used as i want to get my page in the index Nice work. It sounds like you earned your pay that day. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> or one of your 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 coworkers, anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that was me. I, okay, I, will, take, I, will, I will take credit for that one. <laughs> oh, and I love this next one. First of all, this is the Mueller files, and <laughs> word count isn't indicative of quality. <gasps> <Ooh. laughs> okay so you put it down you go for it so there was a question there's asked, nothing left to say <laughs> yeah well there is actually there was a question asked about this uh um in on twitter and people were asking you know word word count you know we, we see a lot of stuff about word count how many longer pages of better quality john miller basically said you know word count is not indicative quality some people have a lot of words and say nothing some pages have very few words that are very important and relative to search queries so not indicative of quality which is great however doesn't 
really kind of jive with a lot of the tests that I've seen over the past year or so, where they look at, you know, here's 500 keywords. We analyzed the research results for these 500 keywords. We did word counts for all 10 listings on the first page of all 500 keywords. The average word count, I think the last one I saw was like 1,500 words. You know, those kind of things, <clears throat> nobody in there, in, in this thing, ever talks about what does long mean. Right. What does long form mean versus short form? That's changed over the years. I mean, if you if you have a page with two or three hundred words of content a few years ago, you could probably get away with that pretty easily. Now, I don't know if you can get away with that. You, you might need 500. So I think the idea of what's long and what's short has changed over the years. Um, and nowhere in this conversation did they even mention what do they consider long or what do they consider short? Well, and, and, and the fact is short doesn't mean bad. Um, right. It can still rank well. If it answers the question appropriately, well, fine, it can rank. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's it's about providing value, uh, quality, and the length is really only reliant on that. Uh, if you need to be long, because that's how long it takes to get the right answer or provide the right answer, go for it. Uh, yeah. Try not to be long-winded about it. Uh, you want people to read it. Uh, include lots of imagery, um, any media of any kind, um, and it does help the page get a little more interesting. Yeah. Uh, provide mm -hmm. multiple options for people who for, who learn differently. You know, one's video, one's mm -hmm. uh, imagery, one's just text. Uh, yeah, this is the ideal, right? I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and I think John's point was more to the idea that you don't want to write long content just to have long content. You don't want to put a lot of fluff on a page that doesn't really mean anything or tie into what the topic of the page is just to have long content. You need to have good, valuable content throughout the page. Yeah, if you if you add too much content, you will insult Barry. He says here, in fact, yes. someone adds a huge amount of fluff to their content. Yes. Wow. Uh, I, I'd be insulted a lot then. There's a lot of that out there. Yeah, there is a ton of that out there. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it's it's it was certainly worth the post. I mean, some people really need this. It's uh, need to know this. And, and uh, uh, I guess we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> This, this next one actually kind of ties into the story I just told. <laughs> okay, fire away. Yeah. So Google has, uh, well, John Mueller in one of his many uh, forms of communications says having rail canonical doesn't guarantee Google picks up that page as it's canonical, right? So as we just said a minute ago, every page in the index has a canonical, whether you have rail equals canonical or not. So they have ways to determine canonical pages um, outside of your canonical tag. So the canonical tag is only one of the pieces they use to make that decision. And he says, just because you put a page in the canonical tag doesn't mean that's the one they're going to use. Um, just like if you don't have a canonical tag, they are going to pick one anyway, right? So again, just as with Google and many of the things they do, um, that canonical tag is a recommendation. It's not a guarantee. Excellent. Okay, well, we're it's time for another break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about the heading tag. Ooh, H1 tags? Right. <laughs> this is awesome stuff. <laughs> SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. The heading tag. Oh, it's everything. Everything. You don't need anything else. Just make sure it's well-optimized. Right? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> yeah, everything. So, so I, I put this in here because there's been confusion. And I've, I've run across this a number of times over the past year or so. And people have are referring back to a study that Moz did a few years ago. I should probably find the study and link to Quite it. Quite a long time ago. See if they still have it up. But they did a study, and they attempted and said that they proved that the H1 and the H tags in HTML aren't really a ranking factor anymore. That putting putting content in an H1 or putting targeted terms in H1 doesn't really have any impact. And so a lot of people are saying, well, H1s don't matter anymore. And Google came out and said very specifically, John Mueller said, let's see if I can get the actual quote from his tweet or whatever. Um, I would, except my computer's dying. Okay, well, there we go. He said, he said a lot of stuff. Um, it's so basically, if you be using them properly, I would definitely keep them there. And it's something kind of, I don't know, like a really small and soft factor when it comes to understanding pages a bit better, unquote. Okay. So he, they use it. It's not a huge um, ranking factor, but it's not not used like a lot yeah. of people believe. So it right? is a ranking factor. It's just a small one. Yeah. Just like a lot, there's dozens and dozens of small ones, alt attributes on images, that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't put it, if people used to make it as almost as significant as a title tag, where it's well, not. And in these days, people, our listeners, if you've been listening a long time, you know that just using the keyword everywhere isn't going to be getting you the rankings. It's, mm-hmm. it's creating, well, first of all, quality content. Then that content just simply states... I don't know. It, it it reiterates the context, right? There's a context to the article. Google can now figure that out. And if there's other for, forms of the phrase, any things that are relevant to it, you anyway, they don't really need that clarity anymore. They're not stupid. <laughs> yeah. Kind of as a throwback to earlier in the show, if they can figure out how to algorithmically determine if an article is beneficial or not, 
they can know the difference between whether a H1 tag helps or not. <laughs> yeah. And and I I stand by heading tags. I use them all the time. I love them mostly because it's an easy way to format a page. Um, and it makes, well, natural human sense to have a topic title next mm -hmm. to the section of the page. Um, and generally, they do have notable keywords in them because they're describing what it's about. And it, it, yeah. Uh, it, there's not much more to it. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, now, this is uh, interesting. I, I did fly by this the other day. I thought, oh, well, I never use it for that anyway. But uh, Google, yeah. don't rely on Google Tag Manager for structured data. I thought it was interesting. I mean, I, I can imagine why people use Google Tag Manager to try and do this, anything that might speed up their day, you know, speed up their work and such. But mm -hmm. I would never do that. I, I... Well, well, there's. I understand in some cases you have to do that because you might you might be using some kind of platform like um, you know one of those hosted website companies do, and they might not give you access to go in and add structured data to the source code, but they will let you put tag manager on. So maybe the only uh, you know option you have available to put structured data is through tag manager. I get that, and and that's why he thinks he says that's why I think he says it shouldn't be your primary way to integrate great structured data because some people that's the only way they have to integrate it but if you have the option to to edit the code and add it directly definitely do that don't use tag manager unless that's your only option great yeah and for those who don't know uh, google tag manager is a very cool tool uh, i don't know how many years ago it was released quite a few now six years ago maybe i'm not sure yeah it's been a while it has it, it's really only been heavily adopted by outside people outside our industry i think over the last three maybe mm -hmm. uh, if, if that um but it's it's a great way you essentially just add a piece of code to a pages uh to a template um and once you've done that you can then go to google tag manager on a separate website and add code to your pages within your website uh, mm -hmm. without having to go to your website and edit it uh, it's probably it's get a certain amount it's primarily used it's primarily used for people who are doing a lot of advertising. And, and when you're doing advertising and you're using different platforms, you have to put those pixels on the page to track that advertising. So instead of having to, to log in every time to add or update pixels, they'll just go into Tag Manager. They don't have to put anything on the website because Tag Manager is already there. They just have to edit it in, in that third-party platform like Ross was talking about, and it goes onto the site. So it, it makes it much simpler if you're doing a lot of different advertising and using a lot of platforms to do it. Um, okay. Um, uh, this one's good. I, I was, I gotta this, was this was hilarious. <laughs> Debunking SEO theories and myths is not scalable. This is a, <laughs> Mueller, I love it. Um, there's a bit of tongue in cheek going on here, but, uh, essentially someone said, Hey, here's a great theory. We'd love for you to debunk. Um, and, uh, this guy by the name of Dijon SEO said this and says, I got one for you. Would love to hear what you think of that article. And John is resp responses, ha, nice post. It's not really scalable for us to confirm or deny all the details in the world's blog posts about Google search. Sorry. Yeah. Well, th and this is also on the tale of uh, Gary Eish, who um, recently tweeted uh, talking about how SEOs will make up theories to fit their own agenda. Mm -hmm. and not really based on anything other than their agenda, which is, it's kind of, it, they kind of relate because there are SEOs that do that quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've had to debunk a few misconceptions in forums and, and Facebook groups 
recently, actually, and there's a number of them. So it's happening more and more. So maybe that's why they're talking about it more and more. They come in cycles too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I haven't heard this one in a while. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're about due for an SEO's dead cycle, aren't we? Oh, dear God, you're right. That was, that was just coming to me too, thinking, oh, not that again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> remember that used to actually work as clickbait? Now it's just like, oh, I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> now, now, now it's more comedy than it is clickbait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, uh, it's a good point from John. You know, we're not going to debunk everything. Good good luck. <laughs> Not yep. only is it useless for them to do it, it's no benefit, um, unless it's coming from someone who's very authoritative. Um, yeah, just... And it's actually advantageous for them not to debunk all that stuff because if people start trying to use things that are that are just dumb it actually helps clear out the the the, the crud in the index right because if they're using this stuff it's it's obviously not going to work as well as the real you know um, tactics that make sense and so a lot of that stuff that's subpar won't even show up in the index yeah well that was the end of the stories but uh, uh my other story right now is that uh i'm moving our office and it is not much fun <laughs> not that i expected it to be i really shouldn't have but uh, holy cow, my, my office, personal office is not even really packed up. I've got a couple things packed, but wow. I've got so much to do this weekend. We're moving how Monday many, morning. How, how many rooms is that? How, many, how much stuff do you have to move? Well, I'm fortunate. Everyone else is handling their own space. Um, but uh, uh, it's not bad. We really don't have that much <laughs> so, it's, so it's just you being lazy, not wanting to pack your stuff up is what you're saying. No, it's me <laughs> keeping the company <laughs> Working on <laughs> and doing podcasts. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. But, uh, it'll be nice. It's gonna be a new, nice new office space, and I'm spending the weekend getting my on cue media panel set up in the office. And oh wow, it's gonna be a little nerddom. Uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to a bit of that, but uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Have you, are you setting up a new virtual reality room so you can so you can get? you know, like hang out in the uh, VR space too. Uh, my, my room is the VR room. <laughs> oh. So basically it's just for you. <laughs> well, the one that is portable, um, I, I love, and I, and I want to get, I actually, I would switch my Oculus. I would trade my Oculus in for another Samsung Odyssey. I love that headset. It doesn't require any of the sensors. Uh, and you can, I can plug it into my laptop. No problem. Runs like a beauty. Whereas the Oculus requires a powerful beast of a computer. It has cables everywhere, including I've got three sensors I've got hooked up. It does a great job. Don't be wrong. But it's just too unwieldy. And you can't take it to places. This other one I can take with me to parties. And people just go crazy. They love it. Oh, parties. Man, I miss those. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'll bring it with me when I come out. Hey, you should. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, do you want to tease that? Do you want to tease that trip, by the way? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I should actually get my uh, flight in order. But yes, uh, (laughs) John and I are going to be uh, uh, interviewing, doing some roving interviews at Content Marketing World in September. So, anyone, and that's in Ohio and uh, John's backyard. So, I get to go and visit. Yay. And we'll we'll try to do a show from there, too, won't we? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Definitely. That'll be good. Um, yeah, well, we we may be hungover, so I warn you. 
but uh, <laughs> I haven't seen John in years. You're uh, being nice with the May. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> got to put that new house to good good use. I can't wait to see it and hang exactly. out. Exactly. Plus, I got a I got a very old bottle of rum that I have not cracked yet that I'm only going to crack once you get here. Oh, you were going to open it for your housewarming, you said. Well, I decided to wait for you since oh. you were coming out. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, thank you for joining us today. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.